Hello, action takers. This is the Live Blissed Out podcast, and I'm your host, Marissa Houston, helping achieve bliss through awareness and action. Thanks for joining me. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Here's our listener spotlight question. Victoria from Vancouver, Canada wants to know how to make traveling less stressful, particularly during the holiday season. Thanks for asking, Victoria. Keep listening for some great tips to help make your next travel experience less hectic. This is episode 14. Our topic is preparing for travel, and my guest is Brooke Hengst. Brooke is a realtor with Keller Williams. She has all the knowledge and skills needed to be able to purchase a home, sell homes, prevent foreclosures, as well as find that perfect investment opportunity. Her dedication to her clients is beyond anything that you would ever expect. She's a top producing agent who is dedicated to providing a high level of customer service to her clients and community. For more information, visit sellwithbrook.com. Hey, Brooke, so nice to have you on the show. Hi there. Thanks so much for having me. We are in the middle of the holiday series, and we're going to be sharing some wonderful things with our listeners about how to prepare for the holidays, particularly with travel, because we know a lot of people are out and about now getting their houses ready so that they can go visit their friends and family. And it's a source of stress, as I'm sure all of us have experienced, because there's so many things that go through our heads. And a lot of times we don't even know if we are following the correct tips that we need to be implementing to make sure that our homes are protected so we don't come home to perhaps a flood or anything that is unexpected that is going to ruin our holiday season. So I'm really excited to talk to you today about this so that you can share with our listeners some insights on how they can get their houses ready and safe for their travel. Yes, happy to share my information for sure. So let's start with how do we make our houses look lived in when we're not there for an extended period of time? Yeah, this is something that I actually had to think about because I'm so privileged that whenever I'm gone, my house is always occupied still because of my dog. But I did think about, you know, some of my neighbors and definitely there's a couple key things I think are really important. I love the the lights on a timer. I think, you know, sometimes when you pass a house that is completely dark, that is a dead giveaway of, hey, they're not home. Yes. So I love those timers where you can turn a tall lamp on or a small table lamp on certain hours hours of the day. So that's a good one for sure. The other dead giveaway that I think about is packages. If people see a bunch of packages on someone's porch, you know, they're like, oh, they haven't been there in a couple days. So just having a neighbor be prepped to either put your packages in a designated area or to just grab them for you is always good. Yes. And I think too, with regards to that, if you have a place where your packages get delivered, that's fine. But if you know that you're going to be ordering something, plan your schedule around it, so that doesn't impact the time that you'll be away. And as you mentioned, then if that is not the case, then you can let your neighbors know to help you out. Yeah, and especially during the holidays when things show up that you didn't expect, gifts or, you know, just different things that show up from different people. Yes, unexpected things that you didn't order. Right. The other thing, we're not dealing with this in the winter as much, but in the spring and summer months, you know, just making sure, you know, if you're going to be gone 10, 12 days, that you've got someone to go mow your lawn. When the grass gets high like that, 
people, again, that's a dead giveaway of like, oh, maybe they're not there. Um, so definitely the lights, landscaping, packaging. Some people like to have a car out. Other people park in their garages regularly. So that's kind of a preference thing, I think. Yes. And to your point, we deal with winter here. And when you're gone and it snows, it's a dead giveaway when your snow is all over the ground and all your neighbors have cleared it out, but yours is still there. Right. You're the heathen of the street because no one's shoveled. So then people know something's going on. Yes, exactly. So this is a great time of year to really reach out to your neighbors. And it's also a great time anyway to build community. And many of us go to our neighbors' homes anyway and give them presents and say thank you and show appreciation for the blessings that we've had in the past year. So this is a good time to reconnect. Absolutely. Yeah, I love my neighbors. And for that reason, I always just give them a courtesy anyways, whether I'm gone a weekend or 10, 12 days, just so that they know if something is suspicious that they know that they can call me as well. Yes. And to your point about lights, I was just thinking the fact that a lot of people now put up their Christmas tree lights or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's nice that we can put them on a timer because when they turn on, it brightens up the house and it does make it look lived Uh in as well. Yeah, totally. The next thing on our list is plumbing and electrical. What are some things we need to think about when it comes to making sure that we don't come back to any unexpected surprises in relation to that? So the first thing that comes to mind for me is water. Obviously, if you've got people that are going to be coming through your house to take care of pets or plants, you know, you're probably going to need to keep your water on. But if nobody is coming through, especially in the colder months, I recommend turning the main water valve off. There have been so many horror stories of a small leak that happened in the water line of a refrigerator or a slow leak somewhere else and then water freezes. And for me personally, water just freaks me out. So if I know no one's going to be there, I'm just going to turn that main water valve off. If you don't know where that is, now is a good time to be acquainted with where that main water valve is. But that's my tip on water for sure. And as far as electrical goes, I typically don't mess with anything electrical. I want everything to stay on. But water is definitely my main concern. Yes. And I think from an electrical standpoint, it's probably just being very aware that if you have any standing heaters or things that are in the way, of some vents or whatever just keep those clear and make sure that there's nothing obstructing anything so that you're as safe as you can be and to your point about the water I agree it scares me too because it's just one of those things that can happen so quickly and I also think they have these little alarms now that you can even tie into your alarm system that will notify you when there's a flood so that at the very least you can call a neighbor or get somebody in there immediately to turn it off if you don't feel comfortable turning off all of the water in your home for whatever reason I mean again there is isn't one size fits all for people, but these are definitely alternatives and things they can be thinking about so that they can do what they feel is best for them. Yeah, and I'm glad you pointed that out because there are some really cool systems and alarms that you can put even in basements that will monitor the levels in your floor drain. Yeah. So that if the water gets too high in a floor drain, even you're alerted. Yeah. Heaven forbid you have a sewer backup or anything like that. So I'm really glad that you pointed that out, Marissa. Oh, yeah, Brooke. And you know, I recently actually just talked to a friend who told me that for absolutely no reason that she still cannot figure out her toilet bowl just completely started flooding. Water just started pouring out for no reason. She was gone for an extended period and it was severe damage to her home. And again, the craziest things can happen and we don't know why. And so that's why it's really important to be as cautious as we can, especially when there's no one in the home for a period of time. 
Yeah. The other thing that I recommend on that front is just take a visual walk around your house, the exterior. Very rarely do we walk the exterior and look at our gutters and look at our window wells, but especially if you know you're going to be gone for a while and there is the chance that we could have snow or heavy rains, make sure the gutter downspout extensions are pointing in the right direction. Make sure the window well covers are not having blown off. Just do a visual inspection because a lot of that stuff could seem very obvious, but if you're not taking the time to look, you're not going to see the obvious things that needs attention. That is so true. And speaking of which, the other option that people can implement is having a home sitter, maybe somebody coming in or even a friend that could stop by every once in a while just to check in for you. That's also another option because it's always good to have somebody unexpected just coming in throughout the uh, time that you're gone. It just adds an extra layer of security as well as ensures that they're checking to make sure that the house is still doing all right while you're gone. Right. Absolutely. Grabbing the mail, making sure nothing stacks up. Yeah. So now we're ready to talk about packing because I know that's another source of stress and that's throughout the year, whether we're packing for the holidays or packing for a a nice vacation during the summer. It's one of those things Uh where with all the rules and regulations now, there's so much limited space and some people don't want to check any bags in because it just adds a layer of time that is needed to pick up the bags and worry about extra things. So do you have any tips to share about how we can maximize the space in the small bags that we have so that we have enough to wear without being stressed about the whole process? Yeah, a couple tips. And I, you know, have changed my packing because I do travel a lot. So mine are a little bit more advanced. But when I started traveling regularly, and for me, it was with children, I would make a list. The week before I was leaving, I mean, it was very detailed. It may seem dorky, but it was down to how many dresses, how many tops, how many bottoms, how many pairs of shoes, you know, and then it was onto the toiletry list. What toiletries did we need to bring? And it is different whether you're checking a bag or carrying on. I have shifted now to where I carry on more frequently, but looking at, you know, under three ounces, having your travel containers or whether you buy travel toiletries. So really making that list the week before, I think will save you a lot of time when it does come to packing because throughout the week I would realize, oh, do I really need four dresses? I'm only going to be there three days. Okay, I think I'll shrink that to two. Do we really need this or is is that just an accessory that we like to have at home and that's not something that we must have? So throughout the week, my list would change and it would become what is essential and necessary versus what is a nice luxury of having with us. So that always helped. And then one little tip for the actual packing is I tend to roll all of my things. When I pack one bag that I need for me and the girls together, face is essential. So I like to roll my clothing and I'm sure you could watch a YouTube video or check out the Marie Kondo method, but rolling everything really helps for space purposes. I absolutely agree. I do the same thing. And to your point, there's so many tools now now. You can literally look up checklists for what you need to remind yourself about when you pack. And then like you said, there are different videos out there to show you how to roll your clothes properly and make sure that you maximize the space. So there's just so many tools out there now that we can utilize that we never even thought about. That's helpful to make sure that it eliminates unnecessary stuff. Because again, when we bring more things and we don't plan ahead, it's just more things we have to worry about. And then if you're going to shop wherever you are, you know, 
bullshit that you got to leave room for space to come back, yes. you know, for things to come back. That's the other right. thing that I'm big on in my packing is bags. I have a bag for toiletries. I have different Ziploc bags for different categorized items in my suitcase. Not to mention a good Ziploc bag can save you from any spillage if something were to spill in your bag. So I am big on that and just having different coordinated things together in a bag. I carry on most of my electronics, my laptop, my iPads, things like that, but all the charging cords. I don't necessarily need those for the travel day, so I'll put all those in one designated bag together in my suitcase. That helps me. Yes. And you know, they have all these travel size things now. And so mm-hmm. what I found is that I get a little bag and I put travel size things in there that's just for when I travel. And then it's totally separate yeah. from the stuff that I use on a daily basis. That way, when I have to pack, I don't yeah. have to pull anything out from the house. It's already in there, ready to go. That's what I use. And then when it gets low, I just replenish. That is perfect. And I do the same. I have a separate toiletry bag that is all for travel. It's the same stuff I use. It's just designated for travel. That way I don't have to go and raid my bathroom in the morning, which I still prefer to do sometimes for my own stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it just helps to have general things that you know you're going to need ready to go again, just to minimize that extra step. Yeah. How about planning for the transportation? Because that's another level of stress. And there's so many different ways to travel to the airport. Of course, it's really convenient to park your car. That's always wonderful because Mm -hmm. you can just leave it there. And then when you come back, you get in your car and you go. That's the easiest way. But I do believe that that is also the most uneconomical way, especially if you're going to stay for an extended period of time. The easiest thing to do is get dropped off and then come back. But then if we use a train or whatever, it's hard because if you have a lot to carry, and especially with kids in tow or family in tow, it's uh, a lot to juggle. So what are some things that we can do to plan to find the right way to transport ourselves to and from the locations that we need to get to so that we can eliminate some of that stress from that perspective. Yeah, I think to your point, it's a little different for everybody. There are some travelers, especially when you've got your kids and extended family, that you will want your car there to park. One word of wisdom I would give is that, especially during the holidays, some of these off-premise parking lots do get filled. So I would make a reservation for that. I would make sure that if you are parking somewhere, you know your spot is held and confirmed and there's not going to be an issue where you are getting to the airport and trying to circle around and find a parking spot because that can be super stressful. That is so true. Um, So yeah, if you're parking off site, I would allow yourself probably an extra 30, 45 minutes of time just to get the car parked and get to the airport on one of those shuttles. Oh yeah. And after you park your car, they still need to deliver you to wherever you need to go in a lot of these airports. And have you noticed that they have the covered and the uncovered and when it's uncovered I get concerned particularly if you're in a place where it might hail or there might be a strong storm because Uh that could also damage your car because there's no protection while you're gone you don't know what kind of weather you're going to be dealing with. Exactly. And with that in mind, I personally have actually started just being dropped off. I just use one of the local car services. But having that actually saves me a decent amount of time, especially if you are carrying on your bag and not checking a bag. You can check in from your mobile phone. You can have your boarding pass on your phone as well and literally just get dropped off on the curb, go straight down to security, show your boarding pass and your ID and get right to your gate. So that's that's been a huge time saver. Yes, it's so convenient. Oh, yeah. yeah. And speaking of which, yeah. important documents. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard people get to the airport and they forgot their passport, their driver's oh, license. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's yeah. crazy because they're so worried about all the other stuff. And then they get there and they're like, yeah. oh, my, I need documentation. What am I going to do? <laughs> right. Uh, that is scary. For me, my carry-on bag, which is my purse, obviously, is packed the night before. I have a specific pocket in my bag where passports, IDs, boarding passes all go. But yeah, definitely don't let that be a morning of thing where you're trying to find a passport. Because I've been there and that is stressful. Uh, I've seen it happen time and time again. And it actually shocks me, but it happens more frequently than we think. And so it's really important to make that part of your routine so that you don't end up in that situation. Because it just adds, again, another layer of something that you have to concern yourself with when you should be enjoying the vacation and be excited to be with your family and friends, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. Now you, I know, have pets. So what do you typically do to prepare when you know that you're going to be away? Do you drop them off somewhere, I guess, or do you have somebody watch over them? What are some tips there? I have someone that comes and stays at my house. I have a couple different options. Luckily, I have that luxury of that. But I will say, whoever's staying at your house, make sure you get a good handle on what their schedule is throughout the day because I have had instances where even though someone is staying at my house, their work schedule keeps them out of the house for eight, 10 hours. And so I will schedule someone to come in midday and do a check. But then as far as preparing the house and the animals, I like to just have everything really clean and tidy for whomever's going to be in my house. Also, that eliminates any opportunity that my dogs have of pulling something out, dragging something off the counter, that type of thing. But I just make sure the dog food is stocked, the water bowls are cleaned, everything is out and easily accessible to be able to care for the pets while I'm away. That's so important because then you don't want them searching all over the house for where's the pet food, where's the leash, where's right. the, all these exactly. things should need to be laid out for them. Yep, all the directions, emergency contacts, I even leave a credit card out just in case there were any type of emergency purchase needed or vetting. Uh, But definitely you want to make sure they have people that they can reach should something happen with one of your pets. Oh, that's so important. And then in terms of plants, I only have one plant that I worry about. And what I love about my plant is he tells me when he needs water. So he starts to droop. (laughs) And then all I do is I come back with a pitcher and I say, I'm so sorry. And I go over there and water it. And then in about an hour or two, it's back up. And so happy, oh, right? Awesome. So it that's makes it super. I, I know because I don't have a green thumb, and this is the only plant that's actually survived years with me because it tells me when it needs water. It's crazy. Oh, that's awesome. I know. I love it. But I think it's important for us to remember that hey, if we're going to be gone for an extended period of time, we need to walk around the house, and if we have several plants around, we need to just make sure they have a little bit of water. That way, they can hold out for a few days when we're not there. Yeah, and then the other thing that I will do sometimes is because I. I do have several plants around the house is I'll move everything to one room that way the house sitter is not having to go through every room oh, of the house oh that's a good so one I'll move them all downstairs into one little area and I'll just put a sticky note or wherever the directions are that you know these should be watered on Monday and Friday and I try to keep it simple you know we're not having to water this plant on this day and this one on another day and then I will usually soak them pretty well right before I leave that way heaven forbid if the house sitter forgets 
at least they were thoroughly soaked right before I left. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Those are wonderful tips I didn't even think about. Yeah, because I trek all around and just yeah. make sure that all the plants are taken care of before you leave. And then, like I said, uh, yeah. you know, it's really important to just know your plants and what kind of watering frequency they have so that you're not leaving them dry when you're gone. And especially, again, it all depends on how long you're going to be away. But if you're away for a week or so or even more, then yeah. it starts to impact the, the poor plants. Well, in the spring and summer, your house plants too outside on the patio. I can remember years ago, I bought these beautiful plants, had all everything in beautiful pots outside, and then we left for a week, and they were just torched. They were dead when I came oh, back. <laughs> oh my I goodness. forgot about them. Yeah. I forgot to tell anybody, oh, the outside plants need water too. Yes, <laughs> so, I know. We've all been through it. Check what you got on your back patios. <laughs> yes, check all of them. I know I do the same thing. I forget. And, oh, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Again, it's part of the checklist, and and uh, so anything uh-huh. we can do to remind people of the things they can cover is going to be helpful. And I would say the the last thing on our list here is the kitchen area and particularly trash, because I know, for example, a lot of times we forget that we fill the trash can uh-huh. and we might have put, for example, chicken bones or something in there that we've yeah. eaten the night before. And then you come back from the trip and it's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. House, smells like chicken bones. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's for me. It's part of that just clean up before I leave. And again, I'm, I'm probably on the extreme side of, of type A, but I like for every trash can to be emptied, a new trash bag to be put in there, and just for the house to have a clean start while I'm away. Because you're right, you leave the wrong thing in there for a week, 10 days, and it is smelly and molded, and you come back to a house that oh, reeks. It's not you pleasant. Don't want that. Yeah, you don't want so that, just, especially and, after holidays, you know? Right. And then the other thing that I always think about is what I come home to. If I left the house clean, then I don't have to come home exhausted after a trip and clean the house and empty the trash can. So I think about it on the other side also. Yes, 100% agree. And the thing is, what I do when I get back to is I just take the luggage and most of the clothing in there is dirty. And so uh-huh. I just literally throw everything in the laundry and just immediately yep. wash everything, just empty it out and wash it. And then in no time at all, it's as if you never left. You can do it so quickly but you just have to be very systematic in how you handle it and speaking about trash the other thing is to keep in mind when trash pickup is because you want to make sure that if you're going to miss the window when they pick up the trash that you account for that and you don't leave your garbage can or your recycling bin out in the street the whole time that you're gone because again that's another red flag for people to know that there's nobody home Absolutely. Yeah, very good point. I was just thinking ahead, you know, sometimes people, if they don't travel a lot, it can be stressful even figuring out where's the luggage, where's the suitcase. So I actually have my guest room closet designated as the travel closet where all the suitcases live. My kids have their book bags that we take to travel. There's certain bags that have only swimsuit, different items that I only really use when I travel. So it's all in one closet and in one place where I can just pull everything out and I have every bag, every suitcase, every book bag that we need travel. So you're basically saying consolidate everything into a designated Uh area and that will just add another layer of planning that you don't have to worry about when you have to take that trip. Yeah. Oh, Brooke, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for all these tips. You're welcome. Wishing you a wonderful holiday season with your friends and family. Thank you. I'm sure our listeners will enjoy all of the information that you shared to help them enjoy as well. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Brooke. You're welcome. So, what's your least favorite activity when preparing for a trip? Send us a tweet at LBO Podcast. 
Thanks for listening, and thanks to Brooke Hengst for being my guest. If you find value in our show, please visit liveblissedout.com to reach out, subscribe, and share on social media. This show is made possible through listeners like you. Thank you. So long for now, and remember to keep moving forward.